Christian education, the future hope for America. If America is to be turned from its path of destruction, a path that is running headlong into a just God, who demands obedience to his law, that is, to his word, to the Bible, then the one sure hope that I believe we have in America is Christian education. The future of America is bound up in the educational process. Herbert Schlossberg has pointed this out stating, and I quote, one of the most useful tools in the quest for power is the educational system. Galbraith, that is John Kenneth Galbraith, a Keynesian economist and a leading proponent of 20th century American liberalism, Galbraith regards it as the successor to land and capital as the most important determinant of who controls whom." Unquote. What is the hope for America's future if our children are taught socialistic ideology from the White House, Congress, the Supreme Court, from our states, through our public educational systems? For that matter, if we don't understand the principles of socialistic ideals, how do we think we shall teach our children any better than the statist educational system? Too many of us have been taught in the public school, and we've been taught socialism, and it has been pervasive in our homes. Let me give you a simple example. When we give our children toys, for example, at Christmas or birthday. We give it to them and declare that these are their toys. They rightfully own that toy. And they alone, therefore, ought to possess the right to use them for themselves within the rules of the home, of course. Since the parents own the home, the children has to pick up their toys when they're done playing with them. However, we as parents often become socialist when other children come over to our home with their parents and we now go to our children and force them to share their toys with the other children. Some of those children have no restraint when it comes to abusing the toys or even breaking them to pieces. Why must our children be forced to share what is theirs by the force of their parents who do not own the toys with other children? Do you not see this is a form of socialism that we are teaching our children? The choice should be left to the child who owns the toys. If the visiting child wants to play with the toys, he should bring some of his own toys along and negotiate for sharing of toys. That's free market economics. Then your child can determine for himself if he wants the other child to play with his toys or not. And if not, the other child has toys to play with because he brought them with him. How would you like it if the government would step in and say to you, hey, this fellow who has come to your home and wants you to give him the use of your car, he wants to borrow it. If the government says you must share your car with him, even if he's wrecked the last five cars he's driven, you must share. That is another example of socialism, is it not? Socialistic determination 
Should it not be your choice as to whether or not you want to lend him your car? He has no right to your possessions, right of privacy, unless you determine to grant him that privilege. How many other things have we taught our children in socialistic thinking? Because we have been socialized ourselves in the public educational enterprise. But not only have we been taught socialism in our educational systems, we've been taught those very principles in many of our churches and not in the biblical principles of free economics. What we need is our children being educated in home and Christian schools. We're told in Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way that he should go. That is, in the way of the covenant, in the way that God's word directs him to live his life before God. And when he is old, that is when he comes to the age of majority, adulthood, 13 years old was the average age. In Israel, when a young man was taken to the city gates and declared he is no longer a child but an adult, responsible for all of his actions. They had no concept of an adolescence. The child caught between being a child and being an adult. They were young adults. They were responsible for their actions. So it says, when he is old, he will not depart from it, that is, from the covenant. It means that when you train him in the covenant, by the time he reaches this age of adulthood, being responsible for his own actions, he'll know no other way of living but the way of the covenant, which is righteous before God. That's the duty of parents. That's the basis of true, godly, righteous education. A truly biblical education will weed out all of these socialistic principles and it will give our children eyes that they can see the evils of such humanistic philosophies. If we want to return to the founding principles of this nation, we must remember that those principles are based on biblical teachings and morality. This has been recognized throughout the history of our country. Our first president, George Washington, stated, quote, It is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. Unquote. John Quincy Adams sets forth the ideal that, quote, The first and almost the only book deserving of universal attention is the Bible. I speak as a man of the world. And I say to you, search the scriptures, unquote. Andrew Jackson stated, quote, go to the scriptures. That book is the rock on which our republic rests, unquote. William McKinley stated, quote, the more profoundly we study this wonderful book, and the more closely we observe its divine precepts, the better citizens we will become, and the higher will be our destiny as a nation." Unquote. The progressive Woodrow Wilson said this, quote, America was born a Christian nation, 
America was born to exemplify that devotion to the elements of righteousness which are derived from the revelations of Holy Scripture, unquote. Calvin Coolidge said this, quote, The foundations of our society and our government rest so much on the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them if faith in these teachings would cease to be practically universal in our country, unquote. Well, hold on to your seats. The socialist Franklin Delano Roosevelt, which has my vote, is perhaps one of the worst propagationists of socialism and communism within this country, stated this, quote, We cannot read the history of our nation and its rise and development as a nation without reckoning the place of the Bible that has occupied in shaping the advances of the republic, unquote. Well, one cannot argue with that. However, I doubt that he was propagating a return to the word of God. Harry Truman stated, quote, the fundamental basis of this nation's law was given to Moses on the mount. The fundamental basis of our Bill of Rights comes from the teaching we get from Exodus and St. Matthew, from Isaiah and St. Paul. I don't think we emphasize that enough these days. We don't have the proper fundamental moral background. We will finally wind up with a totalitarian government which does not believe in rights for anyone but the state. Unquote. I think he's made his case if he was living today. The way back to America's founding principles must be directed through the educational system that is based on the Word of God. Jesus Christ being the foundation of all truth and knowledge. In 1646, Harvard adopted what was called the Rules and Precepts, which stated the essentials of education, and it included the following statement, quote, Let every student be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well. The main end of his life and studies is to know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life, and therefore lay Christ at the bottom as the only foundation of all sound knowledge and learning." Unquote. C. Greg Singer has noted well that, quote, whether we look at the Puritans and their fellow colonists of the 17th century, or their descendants of the 18th century, or those who framed the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. We see that their political programs were rather clear reflections of a consciously held political philosophy, and that the various political philosophies which emerged among the American people were intimately related to the theological developments which were taking place. Political philosophies are not created in a vacuum, but are in turn the product of systems of thought which find their inspiration and nurture in theology. What is true of colonial and revolutionary America is no less true of the America of the 19th and 20th centuries. Because of this, 
there appeared at an early date in the colonies a kind of political orthodoxy, a way of looking at government and its functions, and the proper relationship which should exist between government and its citizens. A Christian world and life view furnished the basis for this early political thought, which guided the American people for nearly two centuries, and whose crowning lay in the writing of the Constitution of 1787. This Christian theism had so permeated the colonial mind that it continued to guide even those who had come to regard the gospel with indifference or even hostility. Unquote. The only hope of taking America back lies at the door of the church, which is called the pillar in the ground of the truth in 1 Timothy 3.15. The church must teach its members that they are responsible for the education of their children. And our goal is to train them in the principles of God's word as it, it pertains to every area of life. There is no dichotomy between the secular and the sacred. All things before God are sacred. That is not to say the church is to govern the state or the state the church. But both church and state are to be governed by the word of God to fulfill their respective duties. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. If my people, if Christians who are called by my name, who use the name of Christ, will humble themselves. Humble themselves to God's word and demands and commands that he has given to us in his word and will seek his face. Seek how to honor him from what he has revealed to us in that book of truth. If they will turn from their wicked ways back to the ways of the Bible, then, he says, I will hear their prayers. I will forgive their sins. And I will heal their land. That's what we need in America. We need our sins forgiven. We need our land healed by the hand of Almighty God. Proverbs 14.34 Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. In Psalm 19.7, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God.